0: And um, I hope that I didn't uh, over, I don't overload you with stuff, but um, uh, here we go. We'll read quite a bit of scripture. There's no time to teach on all of that that we're reading, but uh, just to try to make some points in in, in what what we're reading and so that... um, uh, the points that I'm trying to make will stand out to you. Um, it is not necessarily an expository type of uh, preaching this morning, except to to lead and guide you to some parts of the scriptures that you uh, are interested in at this time of the year. So uh, today, today we are going to talk primarily. Uh, about John the birth of John the Baptist and, and related things to show a little bit that the preexistence of Jesus Christ in the relationship with John the Baptist, um, we know that uh, John the Baptist and Jesus Christ had a close relationship uh, that the scriptures are talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, the announcements to, um, announcement to Mary in relation to the pregnancy of Elizabeth, a six-month span there. And so, uh, and then we read in, in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, how that John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. So it has always been about Jesus Christ. The Scriptures are all about Jesus Christ. So John the Baptist, when we talk about jo- jo- John the Baptist, it is just so to get a glimpse of how he is directing us to Jesus Christ. But there's some interesting things that go along with his birth and those type of things that uh, are worth taking a look at and, and noting. So we'll read first in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 15. So quite a bit of scripture. Once again, we, we, we won't be able to teach a lot on, on, on everything, but I just want to make a couple of points there. So it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And verse 2 says this. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, we've got to just go right through it. All things were made through him or by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So it is important to see right off the bat in the Gospel of John. It says that in the beginning, which is a difficult thing to... A difficult thing because Jesus is an eternal being, and it speaks here about the, the time before he came to earth. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So it speaks about the pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. And so when you talk about the beginning, what is the beginning? Since it was in eternity. So, But I think that God has put the word there in the beginning just so that we have an idea. Otherwise, we would be totally lost in and the the concept of eternity, so in, so from the beginning he was there with the Father. So Jesus is a, is not a created being. Matter of fact, all things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was that was made. The the, the original language speaks like this: not one single thing was made without him. So not only was he not created, he is creator. The Father has assigned him to become creator. So then he goes on to say, uh, in him was life, and the life was light of, was the light of man. Verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That is to say, the darkness had no way of overcoming the light. We know that very well because y- you can have a, a, a room pitch dark and just light a little match. And it overcomes the darkness. All that darkness and just one match overcomes it. So, and then, that is just a match. And the light of Jesus is greater than the sun. Uh, So you can imagine how that light overcomes the darkness. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this is the, the John the Baptist that we're talking about. That was born around the same time as Jesus was born. And he came to prepared the way but as we find out in the scriptures later is that John the Baptist was older than Jesus yes yes familiar with that sort of six months older something uh, uh, along those lines and and so when John the Baptist then comes on the scene and he prepares the way for the for the messiah he prepares the way for the savior in his preaching and everything that he does, he's preparing a way and gathering people to point them to the Savior, point them to Jesus. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, with a capital L, that all through him might believe. Verse 8. He was not that light, that is to say, John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, as we are here to bear witness of that light. All our life is centered on Jesus Christ and on making him known and making him visible to the world around us. So he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And this is not my main point. I just give you a few little things there. Uh, verse 9, uh, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Verse 10, and I want to go to uh, basically 15-ish there. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And then here the, the famous 12 and 13 that have to do with, with the second birth. And But as many as he received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe on his name, who were born. Not of blood, not of the will of man, not of the will of God, but not of the will of man, but of God. They were born. This is a new birth. This is not the first birth that by the will of by, by, by blood or the will of man or by the will of the flesh, but it was a new birth, a birth of God. Yes. A new birth. So that is one of the points I want to make uh, because uh, it is important for us to know there's all kinds of discussion going on and conversations going on about Jesus and that he was a good man and uh, that he was God with a little G, that he was a God. I don't know how you are a God. Uh, You are either God or you are not You know, uh, the guy who has the highest rank, he's in authority of everybody else. He is God. (laughs) The the little one is not a God. So Jesus is either God, divine, or else there is a lie going around. So uh, it is important to establish then that that he was there from the beginning and that, that he is God. So now we want to look at at the book of Luke and and talk a little bit about the birth and those things that went along with the birth of of John. So uh, Luke chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 5 through 25. 5 through 25. Luke 1, 5 through 25. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, my eyesight fails me, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abijah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So here you have a a priest. Uh, For your information, this priest was married. And so his name was Zacharias, and he was of the course of Abijah. So uh, in the Old Testament, then, you had uh, a, a group of 24, what they call here, courses or divisions uh, from the sons of Aaron, uh, the, the, the tribe of Levi, that were divided into 24 courses. And each course then had different priests, um, and these were the common priests. This was not the high priest. So Zacharias was a common priest. And uh, in those, those 24 courses, there was uh, a lot drawn as to see whose job it was for the two weeks to take care of the, of the temple uh, services, so to speak. In this scenario, Zacharias, the lot fell on him to take care of the incense in in the temple. And so, but it is interesting to see that Elizabeth was also from a a daughter of Aaron's uh, lineage. And um, I'm I'm, I'm sorting my thoughts over here, okay? Uh, uh, Zechariah, Aaron had four sons. Four sons, and two of the sons got killed before because they offered strange fire to the Lord. So we'll we'll take a, pick, a quick look because it is important to the whole story to explain some of these things. We, we'll go to Leviticus, Leviticus ten one, I believe it is, and maybe two, Leviticus ten one and two. Um, has to do with the fact that uh, Abihu and Nadab, two of uh, Aaron's sons, they offered strange fire to the Lord. And boom, they were killed right away. The, 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 the fire consumed them. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them, his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense therein, and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. So then there is the question, then what is strange fire? I don't know exactly what strange fire is, but in our scenario, it would be in our time, it would relate to the things that are not of God that we are offering to him. And, the things that are not of God that we are claiming are of God. i just give you a quick example because this is very common. People often say that the Lord said to me this and so. My dear brothers and sisters, you have to be careful with saying those things because if the Lord didn't say that to you, then you just told a lie and you blamed what you are going to do on God. That is strange fire. Now, he must have changed his mind about these things because he doesn't consume us with that fire right away, except uh, in the New Testament we find a couple that uh, lied to the Holy Spirit and boom, not by fire, but just, just got, got to come home. Um, so, strange fire was offered. And then they, they were killed. So now, that relates to the story that we are reading now because Elizabeth and Zacharias were uh, from the uh, lineage of, of Aaron. And so they were familiar uh, with the fact that the two sons were killed while they were Offering incense to the Lord. Strange fire. A legend became, uh, appeared in a teaching that the rabbis were teaching. That And this is legend. This is not scripture. But this is legend nevertheless. That, that from now on, since two of the priests were offering uh, strange fire to, to the Lord and were killed. That from now on, when the, the priest went in the holy, in the holy place—not the holy of holies, because this this level priest wouldn't be able to go to the holy of holies—he was in the holy place where he was offering incense, for example. Then they would tie a, a rope on the, around their ankle, so that if they make a mistake and they offer whatever strange fire, that they would pull him out from. From the, ho- the holy place. And the legend was that before um, before he would die, the death angel would come to his right and, and he would be gone. So that's the legend. So if the legend is true, then some of these other things uh, m- might make a little bit of sense. Although I'll classify it here in just a little bit. And verse 6 in, in uh, Luke 1. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So these were righteous people. These were God-fearing people. They loved the Lord. And later on we find out that they, they prayed to the Lord. And they, they prayed for children, or in this scenario, a son. And... Um, people that were believers, people that believed in the Lord. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was born, and they both were well stricken in age. So, this similar story as Abraham and Sarah, they were, they were old and, and stricken in age, and, and, uh, and Elizabeth simply couldn't have children. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course. It was the course of Abijah. It was their turn, and the lot fell on him that of the course of Abijah, I don't know how many priests there were in, in, in that course, but he was one of them, and lot fell on him that he would serve the incense for, the, for, for these two weeks. Um, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot, was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at a time of incense. A number of people. So you have the temple, they were on the outside. You have the holy place, and then you have the holy of holies. This was in the holy place where the, the, uh, the incense was offered to the Lord. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the altar of sacrifice was also outside the temple where he had the coal burning. He would take a coal from the, uh, uh, the altar of sacrifice, bring it into the holy place and the altar of incense, and then he would there, uh, with the smoke that would come from, uh, uh, from the incense would then penetrate into the uh, uh, holy of holies and as a sweet savor to the nostrils of God. And that was his job to do twice a day uh, During the day and and at night, to offer incense. And so, that's what he did. And while he was doing that, the multitude was praying outside. So, while he was inside, this is what took place. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So, here you have uh, an angel is appearing, Okay. Zacharias is well familiar with what happened uh, uh, with the two sons of Aaron, and an angel appears to his right, and he is petrified. He is scared. He's thinking that he is next. What did I do wrong? And this is just a thought. This is not what he was thinking, maybe. But if the legend is true, then very well he might have been thinking this. Because it says that when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled And fear fell upon him. Now, that is, uh, for disclosure, that is a fairly common reaction when somebody sees an angel. There's fear. Um, But the angel says to him this. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. Um, Do you know what Elizabeth means? Pledged to God. So yesterday I had breakfast with my brother-in-law-ish. It's actually Sybil's brother-in-law, but I call him my brother-in-law as well. Uh, Lives in Israel. And I always look for an opportunity to talk about the Lord. And uh, the lady that served us, her name was Liz. I saw it right there on her shirt, on the little name tag. And I say, hey, do you know what Liz means? No. Pledged to God. Looking for to start a conversation about God. And um, so it, it is neat to know some of these names because you can start a conversation and uh, it, it's, it's, it's lovely. They sometimes lead to something and sometimes they lead to nothing. Um, and your prayer, you shall bear, your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son and thou shalt call his name John, which means gracious or grace. And thou shalt shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. And that's exactly what happened if you read ahead. It's exactly neighbors and friends came, and there was much rejoicing taking place later on in in the first chapter even. Um, For he shall, and then he goes on to the angel, goes on to say, uh, speak about John. What about this, John? And he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. So let's look at it a little bit. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. You have, um, which which is a Nazareth vow, vow, right? You have heard of the Nazareth vow. So no strong drink. In the Old Testament, you had two men that were Nazarites from birth that couldn't drink any strong drink from birth. Uh, One was uh, Samson and one was Samuel. And here God introduces a third person that would be a Nazarite from birth. Now... I have a note in my Bible, so I had forgotten what year it was, but since I had a note in my Bible, 1975, I was coaching Davis Cup in in, uh, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Venezuela was playing against the United States. And um, in those days, it was a long time ago, 75, I still drank a little bit of alcohol. I was never a drunkard or whatever, but... Uh, there was a party going on there for Davis Cup party on Wednesday night uh, and they had some champagne so I drank a glass of champagne you know champagne glass looks like this this flat is not one of, like these it's sort of flat like this a little bit like this and was not very much at all and I, I enjoyed myself and with the, all the Davis Cup players and the, the tennis officials and so on and so forth it's a, it's a nice uh, occasion and and uh, I got sick like a dog that night. And I asked the Lord, why, why is this? And um, because I had never gotten sick with just a little bit of a few sips of, of, of champagne. Um, and the Lord told me that from now on, no more alcohol. 1975. And then later on, he added coffee and carbonated drinks to the list. But in 1975, it was about alcohol, no more alcohol. And so I haven't had alcohol since, except this was not a legal thing with God. Uh, One time, I participated in the Seder, you know, the, 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 the Passover meal. And there is, you know, you have to take a sip of wine. So I participated in the Seder, and so I took a sip of wine. Each time, he was supposed to take a sip of wine. And, and that was it, from 1975. So I felt like that the Lord had instructed me also to have a Nazareth vow, not from birth, but from that point on. And, um, and so I did. And the same thing also with the, uh, the carbonated drinks and the coffee. Simply can't have it. You might be able to have that, but I can't have it. For me, that would be then a sin to participate in that. And... Um, wine or strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Now, this is a a big portion of the the, 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 the text to grab hold of because if before John was born, before he was a blob in his mother's womb, God had already said that he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb and that he was going to be a great man and all these things that he describes. So God had before his birth, before he was even what people call sometimes a blob, God had a purpose for him already, that he was going to be the witness, the forerunner of Jesus Christ and prepare the way. So from a scriptural point of view, from a scriptural point of view, from a scientific point of view, from any point of view, no one will be able to justify abortion. No one will be able to justify abortion. I'll get off of that deal. So, and he goes on to say, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. So he's going to be one that is going to uh, bring people to the Lord. The emphasis is not on John the Baptist. The emphasis has always been on Jesus Christ. And the emphasis for John the Baptist himself would be Jesus Christ and bringing people and leading people to Jesus Christ. As is our task and our job and our privilege and responsibility to lead people to Jesus Christ, because it is always about him. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the, of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He will, he will spend time and effort and energy with people to prepare them, for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto it, unto the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And here you have uh, Zechariah is seemingly asking an innocent question, but the angel determined and, and discerned that there was unbelief in Zechariah. Because in just a little while, you'll see that the angel will will tell him, from this point on, you're going to not be able to speak anymore. You're going to be dumb. And um, there's a lot to be said about unbelief. Um, and I have often talked to you about grace. I have talked to you about love. I have talked to you about Faith, and in this life, um, I cannot think of any more any more greater virtues than love, than uh, uh, what am I saying? Love and grace and faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, and. So, I, I, I remember Sybil and I, we did premarital counseling with a couple. Uh, spent a, a lot of time with them uh, once a week on a certain night. We, they come to the house, and we spend time together. And right now, they are, find themselves in a pickle, financially and otherwise. You know, financial problems, they have a ripple effect. Um, and so... She's free to text me because then I will pray for her or I will give her counsel over text. And if I feel like I need to call her to talk to her, then I do. So yesterday I felt like I needed to, to call her because she was down, down in the dumps. And she, she was tired of borrowing some money from, from her parents. And she, um, she couldn't see her way clear. Sometimes you wonder why God allows you to go through through difficulty. And so when we went through our difficulty, Sybil and I and our family, when there was no money whatsoever, when and the ripple effect, you know, sometimes Sybil who was working saved $50, 50 cents uh, a week to buy a pair of tennis shoes at Walmart for Josh. And then when she bought the shoes for Josh, then Josh was disappointed because he wanted adidas, you know uh, that, that type of thing so but it was it was a good twenty years of, of hardship, if you will, not, not, not solid hardship, but up and down and certainly tough in, 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 in part of it and <clears throat> i have I have always thought that. If I need an answer, then I would go to the Scriptures. And the Scriptures were replete from where I was looking. And this is what you find when you find yourself in a certain situation. You find that the Scriptures are speaking to you the way for what you're looking for, the answers for what you're looking for. And the, the, the Scriptures are replete about difficulties and tough times. But the things that those scriptures had in common was, one, trust the Lord, and two, be joyful. Don't let it steal your joy. So I called her back. I say, I don't know what your future holds. I'm not God. I can't promise you anything. I know who holds Your future. And my precious sister, that's how I dress my sisters. Michelle is a precious sister. And my precious sister, the one thing that I'm concerned about is that you don't squander this opportunity to trust God. Because, you see, when it is just, you need $10 It's easy to trust God. But when you need as much as you need, and you find yourself in these types of circumstances, it is not that easy. It is hard. You don't see a way clear. I say, that's when it counts, my sister. That's when it counts. The more God is pleased because you don't see a way. And God is the master. When you don't see a way, For him to step in. The Israelites Israelites didn't see a way how they were going to pass on dry land. Moses told them, hey, see how the Lord is going to deliver us. And they passed on dry land. And I told her, I have always been of the idea that I want to sing praises to the Lord on this side of the Red Sea. And not just on the other side. It is easy once you get past through dry land. I will sing unto the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. Ooh, easy to sing that when you're on the other side of the Red Sea. But how about on this side, when the Red Sea is in front of you, not open quite yet, and there's the dust and the, and, and, and of the the, the, the chariots of, of Pharaoh behind you, my brothers and sisters. That's when it counts. So, anyways, I carried on a little bit. Too too long, probably, on on belief and unbelief. But uh, the angel discerned that Zacharias didn't have faith in his heart to receive his message. And he says this. By the way, my precious sister that I addressed over the phone, she texted me later. I hold my head high up again. You encouraged me. I'm looking to the Lord. Well, that's, that's all that matters. Uh, Israel, and where am I? Zechariah said unto the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man. As if that's a problem from the Lord. And, and, and my wife, well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, the same angel that spoke to Mary, who stands in the presence of the Lord. So he is, he is a particular angel, right? Not every angel gets to stand in the presence of the Lord. Gabriel is one of those. Um, and, and I'm sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. What are these things? The birth of John. Uh, and later on we find out when it came time to name him, somebody wanted to call him this and somebody wanted to call him that. And then Elizabeth says, no, 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 uh, uh, he needs to be called John. And then they went to John, uh, to uh, Zacharias and asked him, uh, but he couldn't speak. So he asked for paper and pen and wrote down John. And when they named him John, boom. His speaking ability came back on the moment. Immediately, the the Bible says. And um, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. They were wondering, maybe themselves, if they needed to go pull the ropes. You know, he, he, he had been there so long at this was unusual for him to stay that long in the temple but they also thought that when they came, when he came out he could not speak unto them and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he made signs unto them and and remained speechless so made signs as he came out that you know angel over here, and I can't talk. They perceived that something had happened in there that maybe he had seen a vision, uh, but he had met an angel. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of the ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. So his job was finished at, at the temple. He went back to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months saying, Thus had the Lord dealt with me in the days in which he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Earlier in, in Sunday school, Paul did such a fantastic job teaching Sunday school. And we talked about in the old days that if you couldn't have children or you couldn't have a son even, that people would ridicule you and it was almost like a curse on you. So now she was... This thing was off off of her back, so to speak. She was pregnant, five months pregnant, and she felt relieved. Uh, the reproach was, was gone. And then it says that in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth. And then you have then the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ, which we're going to talk about next week. But let us look real quick at the same chapter Luke chapter 1, and we'll read, it. we'll read verses 57 through 66 to show you then what happened um, afterwards. Now Elizabeth's full time came, and she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shown great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, "Not so, but he, shall be, he shall, call, shall be called John." And they said unto her, "There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name." You know, nobody in the family is called like why, why, why John all of a sudden? And they made signs to the father, his father, how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they all marveled. And his mouth was opened immediately. And his tongue was loosed. And he spoke and praised God. And you would too. You know, when God gives you speaking ability once again, your son is born, he is named People are rejoicing what the angel said came true. It's time to rejoice. <clears throat> and fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. So the word went out what had happened. That uh, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, had, had, there was a, a child born to them named John a son, and they were well stricken in years, and they were old, and Elizabeth was born, and, and, and now they have a son, and word spread as you, can, as you can imagine, and all they that heard them, laid them up in their hearts, saying, what manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him, and then Zacharias gives his benedictus uh, here at the end of chapter 1. So, I... Um, I want to just check with you. uh, How incredible would it be if you were supposed to um, serve in the temple and an angel appears, Gabriel, and he says to you, God has heard your prayer. Does God hear prayer? Does God answer prayer? Yes. The problem with Answering prayer, and the idea of, or, or the definition of answering prayer is we always think that answering prayer means he says yes. No, but that's not true. There's three answers to prayer. One is yes, one is no, and one is wait. And uh, once again, uh, Paul was speaking in Sunday school this morning uh, about patience. And so many of the people in the Old Testament that waited for a son, and they waited long. Uh, Abraham and uh, Hannah and and others that uh, wanted a child, wanted a son. And they had to wait and be patient and wait on the Lord. And so, it behooves us, as his lesson went, that we are patient and wait on the Lord. Let us not run ahead of the Lord. And create Ishmaels in our lives. Because the Ishmaels, they look like Isaac, but they are opposite and opposing Isaacs. So the Ishmaels in your life will give you only trouble. So wait on the Lord like Zacharias and Elizabeth waited, and then God rewarded them with a son. Uh, But when the Lord speaks to you, you believe the word of the Lord. Do not be like Zacharias in that instance, that, I don't think so. I'm old, and my wife is barren, and she's old. How can this be? But do believe. When you hear the word of the Lord, when you read the word of the Lord, take it to heart. And do it and believe it. So next week we'll talk about the uh, announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ, some of the happenings around his birth. We'll talk a little bit and see if we can clarify some things on the three kings, which were no kings. Um, uh, They were magi, and they were not three. The Bible doesn't speak about that there were three. There were three kinds of gifts, so that's how we relate the three, but there were not just three. It might have been 30, it might have been 300 Magi. And, uh, and then explain the thing about the Magi thing a little bit also, and, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the star um, and give you a little bit of what I think it might be on the basis of some of the accounts that I've read and uh, what I personally think myself. So uh, let's stand.